This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit Mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Brought to you by UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA has fuel cards to meet your needs. Find the fuel card that's right for you at UFA.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the latest Saskatchewan crop report is out, and depending on where you are in the province, it's either really dry and wanting rain, or you got localized rain and plenty of it. We'll hear more from Matthew Struthers. Elsewhere, we talked with the member, a member of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association on a potential strike at some BC ports, and the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last off for grain pricing and crop protection, and Municipal Hail Insurance, crop insurance at cost. See municipalhail.ca. Most of Saskatchewan is dry, while some areas got heavy localized rain, according to this week's crop report. Matthew Struthers with the Ministry of Agriculture called it another topsy-turvy week for producers. Some got slammed with rain and hail and then others are are, are begging the skies to open up and, and just give them at least a little drop. Um, we're seeing a lot of dry conditions out towards uh, you know the Maple Creek and Swift Current areas and then up into the towards Kindersley and the Outlook and Elbow and, and as you kind of cut across in the in the northwest there. So um, yeah, some really dry conditions still, and it's just it's just going to that. You know, it's been hot and dry, but also the rain we've been getting. You know, we're talking about rain every week, but it's just so localized, right? It's just it's happening in really really small spots um, and in really large volumes, and and not uh, the wide area being hit. So uh, very challenging, and that's causing a bit of a, a degree of change or a variable crop development and conditions as well. Rainfall totals, again, vary greatly around the province, from 5 millimeters to 75 millimeters in the most severe downpours. Some of the recorded numbers are 3 mils in the Netherhill area, 50, uh, up to 50 in the Bean Fay and Wadena areas. And, and uh, parts of the southeast and, and east central uh, got hammered really hard with uh, some rain and hail. Uh, same with uh, parts of the northwest and parts of the northeast as well, too. So, yeah, like I said, some, some really tough spots there, uh, a bit of crop loss due to that flooding, that kind of flash flooding uh, due to that high volume of water along with that hail. Struthers notes other types of crop damage reported this past week. Uh, yeah, and so those areas that are still, you know, struggling through that heat and those really dry conditions, uh, we're noticing a lot of stressed out crops on those those hilltops, you know, that sandier soil, uh, and they're they're experiencing a lot of heat and drought stress uh, since they haven't had a drink of water in, in quite some time. So uh, there's always that. There's always the winds. Uh, you know, in Saskatchewan, so there's a lot of stress from those winds, not only drying out the crop but also the soils. But grasshoppers and gophers uh, are right there up the top as well. Uh, many producers in the south and up into the central regions and even even a little farther north than that are dealing with grasshoppers. The population was very high in the last two years, and we're seeing that that reoccurrence this year as well with the hot, dry conditions we're seeing. So uh, lots of spraying going on, lots of uh, lots of producers out there trying to protect their crop the best they can, and, and we're hoping that, uh, that they're able to, to keep that damage at the, the minimal. 
The recent weather has affected crop development and topsoil moisture conditions for cropland and hay and pasture land. We're seeing a bit of uh, a quickening in the development of crops um, for, for two reasons. One, uh, crops are seeded earlier in parts of the province than they normally would. Uh, so they're taking advantage of that heat um, a little earlier than they than they normally would. So we're seeing a bit of an advancement there. Uh, and then on the other hand, we're seeing uh, due to the dry conditions, especially in the southwest uh, and west central regions and other pockets across the province that are dry, we're seeing that crop uh, uh, mature quite fast due to that stress it's, uh, living through. So similar to what we've seen in the past couple of years, uh, nothing nothing is as extreme as 21, fortunately, but, uh, but certainly uh, very similar. And when we look at cropland and hay and pasture land, Topsoil moisture, we're, we're sitting at 1% surplus, 53% adequate, 34% short, and 12% very short um, for cropland. And so and we're seeing the, the worst um, conditions down there in the southwest and parts of the west central. And, uh, and that, that goes for hay and pasture as well, rated as 1% surplus, 41% adequate, 37% short, and 21% very short. Uh, so those areas, the, the province could go for a nice good general soak uh, of rain anytime. Provincially, 30% of fall cereals, 22% of spring cereals, 22% of oilseed crops, and 19% of the pulse crops are ahead of normal development for this time of year. The report says crops in the west-central region, where conditions are dry, are most advanced, while in the east-central region, crops are rated as normal. Crop conditions range from poor to excellent condition. Struthers noted producers are busy trying to control disease in their fields. There's a lot of, especially in the eastern half of the province and up into the north where um, where, uh, where crops are a little bit farther advanced and, and starting to head out and they've had that moisture. And uh, there is the risk of uh, fusarium head blight. Uh, so producers are out there uh, applying fungicides to keep that disease pressure down. So uh, hopefully we don't run into any issues like that. You know, obviously uh, fusarium is a big concern when it comes to, uh, to quality of the grain. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we don't see the conditions conducive to the disease and, and the producers are able to stay on top of it. Matthew Struthers works with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, based in Moose Jaw. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca a potential strike of B.C. port workers is looming. The International Longshore and Water Warehouse Union Canada said yesterday its members voted 99.24% in favor of strike action and could walk off the job on Saturday. Jim Smolik with the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association notes the organization is a member of the Coalition of Rail Shippers and are watching this closely. There's a letter has gone to the, uh, the appropriate ministers in Ottawa uh, in regard to this, you know, the, the possibility of strike, this was sent before uh, when they were still uh, before they had the opportunity strike, so before June 24th. Uh, and you know, uh, again, it, we're we're concerned, um, you know, and we want to show concern because the coalition of railcar shippers is certainly more than grain. I uh, and include lumber and fertilizer and, and you know virtually everything, but I mean it has a huge impact, uh, you know, to the Canadian economy. Generally speaking, so this is the lo- uh, local 514 ship and dock foreman. And so some of this, again, there's a bit of, um, you know, detail in that uh, we're not really sure of yet. Uh, but uh, the, the longshore are generally exempt um, uh, to strike when it comes to, to loading grain ships. Uh, so they, uh, they cannot strike uh, when, you know, uh, to loading vessels. 
the, the, the question is, uh, how would this, any cascading impact of, of the port, uh, you know, if there was a strike, how, how would that cascading impact, uh, you know, impact the grain, the grain sector, right? And uh, so, you know, just identifying that, uh, you know, we are very concerned and, and we, um, you know, we, we need to make sure that this is uh, looked after very quickly, if, in, you know, in, in any event. Now, I do know that, um, you know, the U.S. West Coast Longshore have reached, a, you know, a six-year tentative agreement on 29 ports. So, you know, that, again, we don't want to get ourselves put in a competitive disadvantage, right? So that's, you know, that's been our concerns related to the ministers. Yeah, and I'm just uh, kind of reminded of, uh, you know, the, the previous strike, you know, a couple months ago with uh, the federal workers at the ports there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we obviously wouldn't want something like this to happen. So, yeah, it just reminds me of that thing a couple months ago. Yeah, no, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, that in that in that case, uh, that the PSAC strike, the uh, the Canadian Grain Commission actually uh, does the uh, oversight for inspection and weighing of those vessels, and and uh, uh, we uh, we do appreciate that Minister Bubo did find a workaround uh, and ex- and exempted uh, you know the uh, her exemptions that she put in place to allow third parties to do that uh, did not have an impact on grain, so we, we're very appreciative of that. And so, you know, we want to make sure we, you know, that uh, again, uh, you know, the appropriate ministers understand the impact uh, that this uh, will have in this possible strike. Yeah, possible strike. And um, you know, if uh, hypothetically, you know, if this were to happen, how much of an impact would it be since it's a localized uh, union, like you said uh, earlier? Yeah, and that, that that's where again I said like I think the um, you know what's that cascading impact uh, for for grains and oil seeds that that is going to be very hard to, uh, to you know put put something uh, put a number to you know because uh, you know like like I said the you know like long short can't strike loading a, a grain vessel um, and um, I mean there's legislation that, that won't allow them to strike so. Uh, if if it does this other um, you know the local uh, of dock uh, dock foreman's uh, you know has a cascading impact somehow of getting vessels moved through the port or into the into into uh, even if it's a grain vessel if it has a cascading impact of having it actually burst uh, you know to then uh, uh, then that that could have an impact but we're just we can't really we're, that'd be very speculative right now to to try and come up with a um, kind of an idea of what that might cost. The main issues in the dispute are contracting out, port automation, and the cost of living. Both sides continue to meet with the assistance of a federal mediator. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Federal private members' bills with potential significant weight for Canada's grain, livestock, dairy, poultry, egg, fruit and vegetable producers are now on hold until mid-September at least. Members of the House of Commons voted June 21st to adjourn until September 18th, while the Senate did likewise June 22nd to return September 19th. The legislation includes Bill C-234, an act to amend the Greenhouse Gas Pollution Pricing Act. C-234 would grant farmers an exemption from federal carbon pricing on propane and natural gas used for drying grain and the heating of barns. Meanwhile, last week's passage of the 2023 federal budget starts a 90-day countdown toward an 18-month test of expanded inter-switching on railways in the three prairie provinces. Bill C-47 
the government's budget implementation bill, which was first read April 20th in the House of Commons and got third reading in the Senate and royal assent on June 22nd, includes amendments to Section 127 of the Canada Transportation Act, extending rail interswitching radius within the prairies to 160 kilometres, up from 30 currently. Interswitching rules commit one rail carrier to pick up cars from a shipper, then deliver them to another railway for the line haul, that is, if the point of origin or destination of a continuous movement of traffic within the Prairie Provinces is also within the given radius of an interchange between two companies' rail lines. Longshore workers at BC ports could be on the picket line as early as Saturday. The International Longshore and Warehouse Union says it has issued 72-hour strike notice, in part because the Maritime Employers Association continues to demand concessions. The contract covering 7,400 longshore workers expired at the end of March, with contracting out, port automation, and cost of living key issues in the dispute. More than 30 ports from Metro Vancouver to Prince Rupert could be affected if the strike begins, but the latest statement from the employer says talks have been underway with the help of a mediator, and management expected those discussions to continue next week. More than 60 square kilometres of at-risk grassland in British Columbia's southern interior will be protected forever as part of the newest conservation project in that province. The Nature Conservancy of Canada says preserving the grasslands known as Bunchgrass Hills south of Kamloops secures vital habitat and safe pathways for dozens of species living in the Thompson-Nicola region. Several of those are listed as threatened, including the Great Basin Spadefoot Toad and Great Basin Gopher Snake, as well as the American Badger and Lewis's Woodpecker. The grasslands were once part of the 140-year-old Stump Lake Cattle Ranch and will still support sustainable cattle grazing, but the Nature Conservancy says the land will be managed for conservation, making Bunchgrass Hills the organization's fourth collaboration with conservation-minded ranchers. The Conservancy says funding for the protected habitat came from the provincial and federal governments and several private foundations and individuals. UK researchers have homed in on a human gene implicated in thwarting most bird flu viruses from infecting people. Bird flu chiefly spreads among wild birds such as ducks and gulls and can also infect farmed birds and domestic poultry such as chickens, turkeys and quails. Although the viruses largely affect birds, they can spill into bird predators and in rare cases humans typically in close contact with infected birds. A team of scientists from the MRC University of Glasgow Centre for Virus Research studied hundreds of genes normally expressed by human cells, comparing the gene's behaviour during infection with either human seasonal viruses or avian flu viruses. They zeroed in on a gene called BTN3A3, expressed both in the upper and the lower human respiratory tract, nicknamed B-force by the researchers. The gene was found to block the replication of most strains of bird flu in human cells. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. 
It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny and hazy, winds from the northwest at 20 and a high of 27. Tonight, a few clouds and hazy still. Winds from the northwest at 20, then becoming light, a low of 12. Tomorrow, sunshine, then increasing cloudiness in the afternoon. High of 31, the low 17. Saturday, sunshine, high of 32, the low 16. Sunday, sunshine, high of 24, a low of 10. Monday, partly cloudy, high of 23, the low 10. Tuesday, partly cloudy, high of 19, the low 9. Wednesday, partly cloudy, high of 21 degrees. Normal highs for this period are at 25, the normal low is 11, sun rose at 4.50 this morning, and the sun will set at 9.14 tonight. Taking a look around the province, in Estevan, 23, Saskatoon and Swift Current, 24, Weyburn, 23, and Yorkton, 21. The hot spot in Saskatchewan is in Stony Rapids at 28, cool spot in Buffalo Narrows at 20. In Regina, partly cloudy, north-northwest wind at 19, Humidity at 46%, temperature at 23 degrees or 73 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.6 and falling. In Moose Jaw, partly cloudy, north wind at 13, temperature 24 degrees. Again in Regina, partly cloudy, north-northwest wind at 19, temperature 23 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. It's the time of year that some crop producers are considering applying a fungicide. Retired Yorkton agrologist Tom Weir has some advice to keep in mind. Well, I guess first off, there's uh, peas, and and with peas, we're probably right at or beyond the the fungicide window. We usually look at a fungicide application at the first flowering for peas. So uh, I guess because it's been pretty dry in most areas right up to, to very recently. Guys might not be thinking of fungicides, but with peas, I think there's, uh, there's the disease aspect, but there's also the standability. There's been a, a lot of uh, work done, and, and it's really quite amazing the, the difference between sprayed and unsprayed with a fungicide and the way the peas will stand up in the fall. So to me, it's almost like it's a no-brainer for putting a fungicide on peas to eliminate the foot rot at the base of the plant, whether you have other diseases up in the plant or not. It, I think it more than pays for itself just for that standability aspect. And Weir offers some advice on how to apply fungicides. Keep your water volumes up, and uh, you're trying to cover the, the complete area that you're spraying. So keep the water volumes up. The higher, the better. At least 10, 
uh, and if you can go higher than that, better. Uh, you're you're looking at using fairly small droplets, uh, so the pressure is going to be up a little bit too from what you'd be spraying for weed spray. Drift isn't as much of a concern, and spraying in the in the evening or in the morning is is preferred. Uh, because you're spraying small droplets, uh, it cooler conditions you get less evaporation. With the spraying of a, a product for fusarium, uh, you want to you don't want your booms to be straight up and down. You want to angle your nozzles so that you get a more of a paintbrush effect on them rather than uh, on the heads because you want to cover the heads, so they're a little more difficult to target. Tom Weir is a retired agrologist based in Yorkton. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Duckfoot Parts is now making its slip-over paddle tines for combine headers right here at a new facility in Saskatoon. Grand opening was held June 1st. Duckfoot is owned by Steve and Chrissa Kastning. Duckfoot Tines has been around for five years, but until now, manufacturing has been done elsewhere. The Duckfoot Tines were originally developed to make lentil harvest easier, while at the same time reducing crop losses. Same idea applies to a wide range of crops from straight-cut canola to soybean. They all go on the same. We have applied right over the existing tines. You're not removing or replacing existing tine. And then we have a clip that goes on over top to further secure it. A 40-foot header takes about 30 minutes to install them on every second tine. That's the way they're sold. And the only settings, we have three recommendations, the real pitch, the real height, and the real speed. Um, the real pitch is probably the most important one. For certain crops, we run a lot less aggressive in factory settings, so we're a lot more gentle on the crops. You know, we're running higher up out of the crops and a lot slower reel speed, so that's how we're eliminating the losses at the cutter bar. And then when you get into your crops, like, you know, your canola crops and your wheat and barleys, it's just a matter of changing that real pitch and, you know, the real speed kind of stays the same. You just walk it with the ground, so it's just Sometimes if you get into a little lighter crop, like a shorter one, like lentils, you might run a little bit more aggressive real pitch. And then you get into your crops like canola, heavy wheat, heavy barley crops, you know, you're going to back that real pitch to the least aggressive setting. So, you know, you're getting that nice, even steady flow. And, you know, we've done some testing over in Germany and, you know, running in some 180 bushel wheat crops. And in those types of crops and most wheat crops, even in North America, you know, we're gaining that ground speed and it's, you know, running around that on average is a 25% ground speed increase. So it's significant in today's market and the cost to run a, a machine. Garstings have been on the road over the past five years promoting their product in the United States, Australia and Europe. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading. Canola is up $8.90 at $7.22.82. 
Number one red spring wheat is up four dollars twenty-five cents at three seventy-one twenty. The rest were unchanged. Durham three ninety-six sixty-one. Feed barley three forty sixty-one. Chickpeas ten thirty-six seventeen. Flax five oh one ninety-eight. Lentils seven thirty-two fifty. Oats two forty-five thirty-two. Yellow peas three fifty-one sixty-one. Feed wheat two seventy ninety-seven. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is up 12 and three quarter cents to eight dollars and thirty-one cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of June the 28th. A huge sale here for this time of the year. 475 cows and bulls, 450 feeder cattle, a total of 925 head going to the ring. Cows and bulls are three to five lower, still bringing on attractive prices. D1, D2 cows, 142 to 152. Sales to 162, 163. D3 cows, 132 to 142. Cows that have lumps and bumps and weaker cows, 90 to a dollar. Cows are averaging 143, all the way from Carrick River, 1,800-pound cows topped out at 164. Good bulls, 150 to 160, sales to 167 to 173. Bulls are averaging 159. From that good often area, 2,500-pound bull topped the market at 184. You can't make them better than that. A job well done to that producer. This feeder market continues to be very strong and active. Awesome sale here. Listen up. Four to five hundred pound steers, three seventy to four oh seven. Five to sixes, three fifty to three ninety nine. Six to seven hundred pound steers, three twenty five to three sixty eight. Seven to eights, two eighty to three twenty nine. And eight to nine hundred pound steers, two eighty to three oh two. On the heifer side, four to five hundred pound heifers, three ten to three forty. Five to sixes, three dollars to three thirty. Six to seven hundred pound heifers, two ninety to three fifteen. Seven to eights, two fifty five to two ninety. And eight to nine hundred pound heifers, two forty-five to two seventy-five. Some highlights of the morning were nine exotic steers weighing six hundred and twenty-five pounds. They topped the market at three sixty-eight. My favorite pen, seven hundred and fifteen pound steers. They topped out at three twenty-nine. And this here will knock your socks off. From that Manitoba area, seventeen red white faced steers, nine hundred and seventy pounds, hit the buzzer at two sixty-four. And on the heifer side, from that good spy hill area. 13 black heifers weighing 700 pounds. They topped out at 306. A job well done to you all. Next week, July the 5th, there is no sale. We are shut down for yard maintenance. Next regular sale will be Wednesday, July the 12th. That's it for this week at Hearthland Yorkton. To you all, have a safe and enjoyable long weekend. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. The latest pork prices are at $220.26 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. A new manufacturing training institute at Red River College Polytechnic will be established with help from the Manitoba government. The province is providing $4.86 million over the next three years for the new Price Institute of Advanced Manufacturing and Mechatronics. 
The government says the institute will train new graduates and postgraduates, as well as existing manufacturing employees. It says the institute will provide two new postgraduate diplomas in mechatronics and advanced manufacturing. Smaller meat and poultry operators in 17 states will receive $115 million in grants. The U.S. Department of Agriculture announced the funding today. The grants are the latest in a series of awards the Biden administration has made that are intended to increase meat and poultry processing, benefiting farmers and providing more job opportunities in largely rural areas. The funding includes 10 awards to recipients in 12 states, totaling $77 million through a program that finances the startup or expansion of meat and poultry processing plants. The USDA has made five awards, totaling $38 million through a processing expansion program that will help independent producers in five states. On the markets, the TSX is up 34 points at 19,852. The Dow is up 205 points to 34,058. Oil is up 26 cents at $69.82 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 75.50 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.